Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, let us eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. That is what the unbeliever says as he doubles down in his unbelief. Life is short and brutish, full of pain and suffering, so we may as well squeeze out whatever happiness we can get, dull our minds with alcohol and drugs and partying to just try to get something out of this short time that we spend on this earth. That's the one approach of many unbelievers, but there's another approach as well as, as they hear the gospel, which confronts them with sin and calls them to repent. They hear that he is coming again to judge the living and the dead, and they mock the impending judgment. Well, if Jesus is coming back to judge me and send me to hell, I may as well eat and drink and be merry because tomorrow I will die. So the unbeliever parties either to mock impending judgment or to give himself over to pleasure. The Christian does not feast to forget. The Christian does not feast to forget pain or judgment. The Christian feasts to remember and to rejoice. We eat, drink, and rejoice because tomorrow we live. Because to live is Christ. And to die is gain. In other words, to live is Christ. And to die is even more Christ. As you come to the table this morning... How are you to come? What thoughts are to be in your mind as you walk forward to take the elements, as you sit down, as you eat, and as you drink? Well, as we look at Lord's Day 28, look at that word and the question there, page 542, question answer 75. How does the Lord's Supper signify and seal to you that you share? You share in Christ's one sacrifice on the cross. And in all his gifts, you Share. This is not something that you're just spectating. This is not something that we're just an audience for. This is not like looking at something on TV or watching something happen to someone else. This is something that we share in. It's not something that happened a long time ago, far away, but it's something which is real now, today, this morning, you are not an observer. You are a part of what's going on. What happened and what happened because of what happened has to do with you. All the pain of the cross, all the glory that followed, you share. You have a part in it because you participate in Christ. You are in Christ. And so we come to the table this morning because it has to do with us and who we are. And we come to the table this morning because look at the answer there on page 542. Christ has commanded me and all believers to eat and to drink. It's a command. We don't come because we decided to ourselves. We don't come because I think I'm worthy. I deserve it. I'm a spectacular Christian. I really belong at the table because I'm so good. In fact, we often feel the opposite. But Christ says, my son, my daughter, come. 
eat, take, eat, drink of it, all of you. And that command is to you and to all believers. We participate here, not like a drive-through fast food outlet or, or, a dry, or, or a fast food outlet where we go inside and order something and sit in our little table or sit in our car and consume it by ourselves. We feast this morning as a family, as a community, as the family of God. And we remember, we feast and we remember together the one who died for the many, the one who gave his life for the many, the one who made the supreme sacrifice, Jesus Christ. And we do that as the bride of Christ, as the family of God. And so that means that every one of us participates in some measure this morning Children, you're not just watching something happen. This is for you as well. Catechumens, you're not just watching this as an observer that has nothing to do with it. You share as part of the body, as a believer, you share in what the Lord is doing with his congregation this morning. And may the Lord work in those who have not yet come to the table. May the Lord work in you a hunger and a thirst and a yearning to participate more fully. It's a family meal. It's a covenant meal. It's a meal that has to do with relationship and with faith and with faithfulness and with promises which have been made and which are kept. And that's why the Bible speaks about the feast of God's people with the Son of God as a wedding banquet, the wedding feast of the Lamb. It is the supper celebration of His love, the love of Jesus for his bride, the church of Christ, in this sacrament, Christ embraces us. Like he's giving his beloved a hug. He's embracing us and saying, I love you. I love you. And you know, what, what is a hug? You know, if you've ever been hugged by someone who loves you, you know that a hug is more than just physically placing your arms around someone. There's something a lot deeper going on with a hug because a hug, when you're hugged in love, then there's hope and, and comfort and safety and love which flows into you, something beyond the physical. And that's the same thing this morning, brothers and sisters. It's not just eating a piece of bread and drinking a little bit of wine. There's something a lot deeper going on as the Lord embraces his bride in his eternal love. Now, how do I know if he loves me. How do I know that? Well, he says it. He says it to us every Sunday. He says that every time we open our, our Bibles to read and to study and to meditate upon the, upon the Word, he says it to us. And that is enough that he just says it because this is not just anyone saying it. This is the God who, when he speaks, things happen. Him speaking something makes it so. And so that is enough. And yet God knows our frame. He knows how limited we are. He knows that we are only dust. And that so often we're like the foolish Galatians. We take our eyes so quickly off the Savior and we fix our eyes on ourselves, our own works, our own merits, our own worthiness. And so Paul says to the Galatians, 
O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Publicly portrayed, the the verb there in the Greek is placarded. Paul is saying, "I, I put it on a huge billboard. You can't miss it. Right there. This is Jesus. This is who he is. In the preaching and in the sacraments, there's this massive billboard, and God is saying, this is who I am. Look! This is who I am in Christ. Do I need to draw a picture? And so he does. He draws a picture for us here at the table. Look at that bread. Look at it being broken. Take it. Hold it. Feel it. Taste it. Crush it between your teeth. And as you do so, Think of that picture of the infinite judgment, the infinite weight of the eternal judgment of God on my sin as it crushed the life out of my Savior. And look at that wine that is, as it is poured. You know, the pastor doesn't just like raise the thing to be fancy or to see how high he can get it. He wants you to see the wine. That's the point. Because as you see that wine being poured, and as you take it, and as you hold it, and as you smell it, and as you taste it and drink it in, it is life. As you you think of that life ebbing out of our Lord Jesus, flowing out of him as every drop of blood flowed out of his body, and that life flowing in to you. This is not just a picture, brothers and sisters. But as we take these physical signs in our hands and put them into our mouths, Christ is really present. The bread is bread, the wine is wine. But Christ is really present in the sacrament as he nourishes us with himself. And you taste and see that the Lord is good. You see the gospel, you taste the gospel, you drink in the gospel. As you take hold of the bread and the wine, you eat and drink. What does it tell us? Well, God is reminding us when you eat and drink, what does it do? It gives you life, it nourishes you. It gives you strength. Food gives life for the body. And God says, my child, that's what Jesus gives you. He gives you life as he gives you himself. So as we take the bread, as we take the wine, at that very same time, deep within us, in our souls, our faith takes hold of Christ himself. The Belgic Confession says it this way, that that our faith is like the hand and the mouth of the soul. Because by faith we receive the life-giving body and blood of Jesus Christ. And his love and his life flow into you and fill you and nourish you and make you alive. His grace and his forgiveness wash over you and remind you that you owe nothing to God. You are sinless in his sight. His grace and his spirit fill you and remind you that you are a part of the body of Christ. You're connected to him and he to you. United. His love. Oh, sorry, his life is your life. 
His spirit feeds you, builds you up, nourishes you, grows you with the infinite eternal love that is in him. That's what's happening at the supper, brothers and sisters. So come hungry. Come hungry. You know, what do our moms not want us to do just before supper? They don't want us snacking on candy and junk food because then we won't have any room for the nutritious stuff, right? Every mom is like that, right? We need to come hungry, brothers and sisters, not full of the junk food of the world. You know, there are so many things in the world that promise to satisfy us and often like junk food, they're kind of interesting and they taste good. More success, more money, more comfort, more fun, more security, more happiness, more health, more knowledge, more power, more glory, more status, more things. So many things that the world says, this will satisfy your soul, and they're all a scam. They're all lies. God says to us, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Now, what is the food that God promises, that God gives? He gives us bread from heaven. And we read John 6. John 6, 27, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I am the bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Every other food Every other source of sustenance at most gives temporary life. Even the heavenly bread there in the desert, the manna, in the end, the people that ate it died. But there is a life-giving sustenance which nourishes not for time, but for eternity, not for a moment but forever, not for this life which passes away, but for the life which never ends. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. That's the message of the supper. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. We belong together like a head is attached to a body. Nothing can separate us. He is my life. And this lifts me up when I look at this truth, when I look at this truth from every angle. This lifts me up into the heavenlies, above the world with all its woes and weariness, with all its lusts and its lies, the gospel lifts me up and says, I am in Christ. To live is Christ. 
To die is more Christ. And so no fear, no anxiety, no pain, no disease, not even death or hell itself can separate me from him. He is my all. I can lose my job, lose my income, my wealth, my house, my friends, my family, my health, my life. I can lose all those things. I can lose everything. But I cannot lose my Lord. He is my portion. He is all I need. To have him is to have everything forever. That's what the Lord is teaching us again in the supper, brothers and sisters. So come to the feast. Leave everything else behind. The pains that bind and the pleasures that blind. Every dream, every hope, every passing thing that you long for in this world to satisfy you. Turn your eyes away from them and look up. Look at him. See, Christ has set the table and he offers himself to you. Come, eat, drink, and be satisfied with him alone as the deer pants for the water. So my soul longs after you. You alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship you. And as you come, as you eat and drink, his grace pours into you. His love fills you. His life sustains you. Let the bread of heaven satisfy you. Take the cup of salvation in your hands. It overflows with life and joy. Drink it. Taste the sweet beginnings of the eternal joy and the life that never ends. Amen.